of grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, we, we kind of know what it is to have a, a tough week, don't we? Whether it was because of, of co-workers or it was because of, of, of friends that maybe said something we didn't quite uh, appreciate or whether it was uh, simply of some kind of a, a health issue. I know this time of the year comes around and, you know, maybe the, the arthritis is, is setting in and, and, you know, maybe it's bugging you. Maybe there was a, a night that you couldn't sleep. Maybe it was a, the stomach flu and you can kind of remember still being, you know, terribly ill and, and feeling bad and wondering if you're even going to, you know, see the, the next morning. But we know what it is to have our rest disrupted. And hopefully, as Christians, we also know what it is to enter into the rest of God. King Solomon talks about that in our text for today, to be able to enter God's rest, to be able to get to that place in our lives once again when we feel secure in the arms of our Lord. We're able to, to get a, a good night's sleep. We're able to, to put our cares and burdens upon the Lord and to know and trust that he cares for us still. Right, that's a rest that the world can't take away. Having that clear conscience, having that trust in the Lord, being able to be in fellowship with our God and Father. And hopefully you all know as well what, what it is to be able to go through times of challenge within that protection of the Lord. To feel, in a sense, his sheltering wings coming up around you as he gathers you into his protection, just as a hen maybe gathers her chicks together. That, that kind of a, a wonderful picture of the, the care, of the, the knowledge that God has, that he wants good things for you. And that's really what we need to, to have that joy, isn't it? Because let's face it, you know, you're going to maybe go home from this worship service. You're maybe going to sit down in your easy chair and you're going to turn on the news and you're going to see a, a lot of ways the world is falling apart. Right? And you're going to see a, a lot of news broadcasts about how everything is just kind of going wrong and there's trouble here and there's trouble there and such activity, such news, it has a, a way of, you know, just kind of stirring us up, doesn't it? And then it kind of, with the, those stirred up emotions, you know, you, you, you go to eat your, your supper and it, it just doesn't digest right. And now your stomach is kind of upset and you're stirred up and you're upset and, and now you have to, to go to bed because you have to get up and work in the morning. And you know that you have to fall asleep, but you just kind of can't because you're crying and you're 
teeth and all these thoughts are swirling in your mind and now your stomach hurts as well and it's just hard. Isn't it? But see, on the other hand, if you are able to enter into that rest of God, if you're able to be in that a place once again where you're trusting in him and you're trusting in his word, you're trusting in his purpose, you could well be languishing in a, a prison somewhere without food and still be able to sing praises to the Lord who's given you this opportunity to witness to prison guards that have no idea who Jesus is. As Paul was able to do. Now see, to, to be in, in such a, a kind of a state of mind, it maybe is almost incomprehensible and yet, as you read through the epistles, there were a lot of times Paul was in prison, right? Paul, Paul was even awaiting execution. And he's able to write wonderful scripture about how God is taking care of him, how his needs are being met, and how he has a peace within him that passes all understanding. And we, today, we would maybe scratch our heads. We would say, Paul, the position of Rome at the time, the Holy Roman Empire, is that they hate Christ. Paul, when you're looking back over the course of your life and you're looking at the churches that, that you helped to found, the Apostle John says most of them were circling the drain. Some of them have already failed. And Paul, you're behind prison bars. And, and Paul, you've gone into community after community. Sometimes they beat you with rods. That one time they threw rocks at you until they thought you were dead and they just dumped your body in a field. Come on, Paul. What are you talking about this kind of peace that passes all understanding? What are you talking about? And, and Paul, he comes back and he asks some very tough questions, doesn't he? He, he says, you know, do, do you trust the Lord? Do you trust him? No, the life of, of Martin Luther as well, you know, he experienced many challenges. There, there were times when he feared for his life. There, there was a, a, a time when they disguised him as a, a, a knight of the realm and they stashed him away in a, a castle, in a, a room where he got very few visitors. And, and yeah, during that time, he was able to translate the Old Testament um, you know, from the Hebrew into the German language. And so he's, you know, continued to be productive. But there he was, you know, hiding. Right? He couldn't show himself openly for fear of his life. The 
recorders of his history, they, they tell us the truth. There were times Martin Luther was depressed. And then his wife would come to him and she would say, did God die last night? And Martin Luther would be like, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Did, did God die last night? And she'd say, well, you're acting like it. Even his own wife doesn't have sympathy for it. You feel sorry for that guy? I'm depressed. I, I'm sad. I'm fearful for my life. And my own wife comes and says, hey, did God die last night? What's wrong with you? You're acting like it. You see, but she told the truth, didn't she? And so it would kind of shock him, you know, back to himself. He'd say, well, you know, well, well, well no. No, God, God didn't die last night, and, and maybe I kind of am acting like he did. I, I, I need to get back, you know, to that word, right? I need to get back to that rest. And dear friends, that's where we need to get back to as well, isn't it? That we could be like the Apostle Paul. <coughs> Again, we might look at the news. We might think that, you know, the, the world is in turmoil. We might come to believe that our, our own nation isn't, you know, quite what it ought to be. But, you know, think about Paul languishing in the prison. You know, he's a, a citizen of Rome, and so they can't crucify him. They decide they're going to, you know, behead him instead. Well, you know, at least he gets to die faster without so much torture, I guess. But still, awaiting his execution. And he's there in the prison. And he's thinking about the, the churches and the, the missionary journeys uh, that he's had. And a lot of those churches, they're not making it. And a normal fella, you know, might come to think, you know, I, I just kind of failed, right? Yeah, I set up a bunch of churches, but a lot of them fell apart. And there's maybe one or two out there that are still going strong, but here I am in prison. And maybe I just didn't get the message quite right. Because, you know, let's face it, in, in Paul's time as well, there was the health and prosperity gospel. Now, our Lord and Savior, he, he speaks against that this morning. But, you know, we can see it in that the apostles, they're so surprised. Well, what do you mean, Jesus, a rich man has a hard time entering heaven? Because all through the Old Testament, we find the Lord was with him and he prospered. And so people through time are beginning to come to that conclusion. You know, if the Lord is with me, I'm going to prosper. If the Lord is with me, I'm going to get rich. If the Lord is with me, all my dreams will be fulfilled. If the Lord is with me, all these good things happen. And that's what the disciples were trained to believe. And Jesus came and he said, well, guess what? It's not that way. It's so very hard to enter the kingdom of heaven if you have great riches. You know, why is that? You come to depend on them, don't you? In fact, you know, wealth can become a false god in a sense, can't it? Because, you know, something goes wrong, and when you're kind of poor, uh, you, you fall on your knees, and you pray. 
They say, Lord, you know, my, my son, my daughter, they need a, a, a thousand bucks for, you know, whatever's happening in their life, and I, I don't really have it. And, and Lord, we, we need some help here. And when you're a little bit richer, your son or daughter needs a thousand bucks, and you pull out your platinum card, and you say, here you go. All right, swipe the card. If you're richer still, you just reach in your safe in your home and you, you pulled it out and said, oh, hey, this is like my spending money for the week. Here you go. You see the, the great difference, right? For the, the, the humble person, the, the poor person, they're having to go to the Lord in prayer for the, the smallest kind of a need. But you get to be a little bit richer, more wealthy, and well, you don't really care about asking God you don't really care about what his will might be. You just, you have the money. You can, you know, just do it. And then you don't find his rest, do you? You see, that, that poor, humble person giving all of their cares over to the Lord, they're the ones that then can sleep at night. Because you're secure. Because you, you trust in that very word of God. Because that, that word is within you and that word brings power and, and that word soothes your conscience. You get into that kind of a relationship with the, the Lord where you know some, something happens, some kind of sin crept in, um, some kind of temptation was there, but right away you turned it over. Right away you went to the Lord your God, you see. You didn't wait for a, a week, you didn't wait for six months, you didn't wait for you know some special event. It's not waiting for the end times to come, but rather, right, you're at that place where you say, Lord, I have sinned. Or Lord, that, that temptation came and you know what went through my mind. And Lord, can you help me once again? And then the Lord who is faithful and just, you know that he forgives your sins, that he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. You give up off your knees once again. You move forward through your life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, we're told, was tempted in all ways, just as we are. See? You know, Jesus had friends, he had disciples around him that, you know, tried to get him to cut corners at times, and he just didn't do it. They tried to drive him into despair at times, and he, he just didn't put up with it, you see? Even his own mother and relatives on one occasion decided that he kind of lost his mind and they had to get down there and, and they had to, you know, pull him out of his delusion. And he was surrounded by followers and, and they couldn't get through. And some people came and they said, hey, Jesus, your mom is here. Your friend, your relatives are, are here. They want to talk to you. And Jesus, knowing what they were about to you know, say to him, he said, who are you know, my mother, who are my, my relatives? It's the people who follow my word. 
Now Jesus knew what, what it was to have his own mom think he was nuts. And still, right, he did the will of God. Still tempted in all ways, just as we are, but remaining without sin. Always having that self-control. Always being the person we knew him to be. Jesus, our Savior. Do we trust him? Do we trust his word? When his word comes to us once again this morning, and he, he says, you know, you are my brothers and my sister. Do we believe that? Do, do we think that we're just kind of, you know, grains of sand on the seashore and, you know, Jesus just kind of trods upon us once in a while? And then we're supposed to be all very grateful that the foot of Jesus stomped upon me. See? Well, some people lead their lives like that, don't they? No, Jesus, he says, you know, we are his brothers and his sisters. Uh, Jesus says, that, you know, he cares for us. He knows the, the things that we're going through. He knows the, the heartbreaks that, that we have. He experienced everything just as we do. He knows what it is to be rejected by people. He knows the emotional torture that other people can put us through. He knows the physical pains that you experience. As he hung upon the cross, as his wrists and his ankles were pierced by huge spikes, as the lining of his heart began to, to swell and he began to experience congestive heart failure, as his loving, mighty heart was stopped from beating because of the great pain and the swelling within his chest. He knows that anguish. He knows a physical pain. He knows what it is to be tired. He knows what it is to be exhausted, to be mocked and to be ridiculed. He's been there. He's experienced that. He knows what you're going through. He knows what it is to be betrayed. Judas, a man who he invested three years of his life into. Judas, a man who in the, the beginning of the ministry had healing power as well as the other disciples. A man who could go into a village and lay his hands on the weak and the, the poor, the infirm, and bring them health. Once again, a man with that power, that blessing from God to betray him for simply 30 pieces of silver. Jesus has been there. And he says to each of us, you know, here today, you're my brothers, you're my sisters. I care for you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to go through the trials of this lifetime with you. 
Yes, in this world there will be trouble, but guess what? I overcame it. And if you follow me, you can overcome it as well. You too can be the one that in the midst of terrible circumstances, even looking out through prison bars, can sing songs of praise to my name. I will give that to you. Come to me, all of you who are weak and tired and lonely, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Dear friends, that's the Savior we've come to worship today. He knows what's going on in the news. He knows what's happening all around the world. He wants you to remember, though, he loves you. He died so that you can enter God's rest. Amen. May the grace that passes all understanding and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the filling of his Holy Spirit be with us now and always. Amen.